0: You're listening to the Grace Family Church Podcast. Notes for today's sermon are available by downloading the GFC Florida app. Come on and bless the Lord. Come on, give God some praise. This is the day that the Lord has made, let us rejoice and be gladden. I don't know if you've sat down already, but you're gonna to need to get up for the next 30 seconds because we're gonna give God some praise here. This is the beginning of the year. This is the best time to praise Him right now, in the beginning of the year, we wanna give God our best praise. Give him my best praise, yeah. We made it through 2023. We've had some trial and some triumph. God is good. He's worthy to be praised, magnified. Lift it up in the door. Open up your mouth and thank God. Be grateful for who he is and what he's done. God is good, God is good. God is good. God, we just thank you for where you've brought us from and where you're taking us to. We thank you for every trial, every triumph in our life. We thank you for all of the stuff. As you said in your word, God, we give you joy and praise in all circumstances. While it may not be for all circumstances, we praise you in everything that we're in. So God, right now, open up our hearts, our minds, our ears to receive all that you have for us today in the mighty name of Jesus. And the church says... Amen. Before you sit down, before you sit down, tell somebody, hey, praise looks good on you. It's the beginning of the year. We have a lot of people doing resolutions at the beginning of the year. Before I jump into this, I want to do this first. Uh, can we give a hand for all eight of our campuses and everybody who's watching online? So I got a question I want to ask everybody on every campus and I want you to lift your hands up. If How many of you want this year to be the best year ever? All over, you can put, even put it. I want this to be the best year ever. All right, put your hands down. How many of you thought last year was going to be your year? How many of y'all been waiting on your year for 20, 30, 40 years? (laughs) Yeah. Well, listen, lean in, lean into this. So get your Bibles, get your apps, get your notes out because I'm gonna help you understand how are we going to have the best year ever? We're going to be going through this series for the next few weeks, and we're going to be talking about some of the attributes of God and the character of God. And this year, we're going to be celebrating, illuminating, and walking in the bigness of God. That's our theme for this year, that our God is big. Our God's not little. Our God is not puny. Our God is big. We serve a big God. And it's no coincidence that we're talking about this right now at the start of the year, because here's the deal. If you're going to have the best year or years ever, you have to have the right perspective about who God is and who God is to you. Let me clarify this by saying having the best year ever doesn't mean that everything is going to go your way. It doesn't mean that everything is going to be smooth sailing. It means that every step that you take, that every move that you make is going to be in the will and the guidance and the instruction and leadership of God. It means that this year, we're not gonna put God first. We're gonna make God the center of our lives so that everything that we do resonates from our relationship that he's not first, he's center. I want us to get this clear. What you believe about God will not change God, but what you believe about God will change you. What you believe about God will change how you live every day. And if I can confess something to y'all, if you don't know already, and if I have not said it enough, I believe in a big God. I believe God is big. I, I, I don't just believe in a big God, I believe God. I I believe God is who he said he is and he can do what he says he can do. There's a lot of people that say they believe in Jesus, but do you believe Jesus? There's a difference. If you believed God, then you would walk like I believe what he says, not just I believe in him, but I actually believe him. I, I think we've come to the point in our Christianity that we have to be more than just Christian atheists. Yeah, we say we believe God, but we don't walk, we we walk like he doesn't exist. I believe, God, I, I believe God is big. I believe God is big enough for me, and He's big enough for you. I believe God is bigger for all of our cares and our sorrows and our issues. I think He's big enough to satisfy every intellectual quest. I believe He's big enough to deal with every emotional longing, longer. And I believe, I believe that God is big enough to fill Raymond James Stadium this Easter with 40,000 people. I believe that. I I believe that he's able to do it, not so that Grace Family Church gets the credit. I believe that he's able to do it so that Tampa Bay can see the biggest church service that they've ever seen, so that God is glorified and so that lives are changed. I believe that. Will you believe that with me? I believe, I believe. I wanna be the kind of church that believes so big that whether as a church or even in our personal lives that when people see us, they say, ooh, that could have only been God. I I wanna believe God so big that when people see the transformative work of God in our lives, they say, that could only be God because you ain't that smart and you ain't that cute. (laughs) That could have only been God. I wanna jump into the message here as we're talking about who is God. God. Well, God is sovereign. God is sovereign. God has the supreme rule and the absolute right to do all things according to His own good pleasure. What does that mean, Pastor Daryl? It means that God can do what He wants, when He wants, how He wants, where He wants. He's sovereign. He is the ultimate, undisputed, unrivaled, absolute ruler of all things. There is no one above him and there's no one beside him. He is sovereign. Psalms 103 and 19 says, the Lord has established his throne in heaven. His kingdom rules over all. Means he doesn't need your permission. He doesn't need your assistance. He doesn't need a committee. He doesn't need your advice because he's sovereign. He's sovereign over all. And Job, Job copped the attitude with God because of all the things that he was going through and probably rightly so. He had a lot of stuff go wrong in a very short period of time. And Job copped the attitude and he essentially says, God, who do you think you are? And God responds for the next several chapters and he says, Job, where were you? Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Where were you? Where were you? Tell me if you understand who marked off its dimensions. Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it, and on what, where, on what were its footing set, or who laid its cornerstones? While the morning stars sang together, and all the angels shouted for joy, have you ever given orders to the morning, or shown the dawn its place? By chapter 42, Job relents, and he says, "God, you can do all things, because God is sovereign." God is sovereign and wrapped up in God's sovereignty is his eternality. God is not only sovereign, he's also eternal. God is eternal, which means that God is timeless, everlasting, immortal, perpetual, undying, self-existent, and self-sufficient. God doesn't need us or need anybody to make him God. Psalms 90 and chapter chapter 90 and verse two, it says, before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the earth and the world, from eternity to eternity, you are God. God is God. Who's God's mama? Nobody. He is the only one who has always existed. He comes from no one and he needs no one to sustain him. Wrap your minds around this. God is not bound by beginning or an end. He is the I am who existed before the first tick of any clock. And he will exist long after the last seconds fade away. For God, there's no past or future. There's only the eternal now. God sees your yesterday, today, and tomorrow all at once. And God's eternal nature means his wisdom does not age. His wisdom does not age. What was right then is right now. His wisdom does not age. Just because we live in a modern society, it doesn't mean that things are different for God. Just because we're not walking around in sandals and robes and riding on horses and buggy, it doesn't mean that His wisdom has changed because His wisdom is not influenced by trends or feelings, culture, time, or politics. God is eternal and constant. This is why Hebrews 13 and 8 says, He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And there's a comfort in knowing that the God that we serve will not change. He has never changed and he won't change. It means that our hope and our promise in him is eternally secure because God is eternal. God is sovereign and God is eternal and God is also powerful. He's not just powerful, he's all-powerful. The Latin word is omnipotent, omni meaning all, potent meaning power. God is all-powerful. To say that God is omnipotent is to recognize that there is nothing outside of his ability to accomplish. And there is no one who can exercise power over him because he's all-powerful powerful he doesn't borrow power or run out of power he is power he is the source by which all things that need power get power he's all powerful God is so powerful that in Genesis 1 it says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth in the beginning he's so powerful that he created time He created the beginning and he doesn't stop there. He's so powerful in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He's so powerful that after he created time, he created something to occupy the time he created. That's how powerful he is. He's so powerful when you read through Genesis, it says he spoke. He said, Let there be light, and then there was light. He said, It says he spoke, and then there was waters, and the waters separated. It says he spoke, and animals came out from the water onto the land. He spoke. God is so powerful. When he spoke, the atoms and the molecules, they all joined together to do exactly what he said. They had a party. What did he say? You heard what he said. Create what he said. God is that powerful. Colossians 1 and 16 and 17, it says this, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He's so powerful that not only does he create the things, but he also holds the things together. He has the power to not only create it, but to hold it together. God is so powerful that it's so wonderful and amazing that the power that God displays, the power to hold it all together is the same power and strength that we have access to. We have access to the power of God. It's in his power that we find the strength to navigate the complexities of life. There are many circumstances that I have been through that I would not have made it through if it had not been for the power of God in my life if it had not been for his power to transform and renew me I might have cussed you out if it hadn't been for the power of God. I might have ran back to the addiction if it had not been for the power of God. I I might have walked away from the relationship if it had not been for the power of God. And if you are honest, you could testify some stuff in your life if it had not been for the power of God, I would have lost my mind. But thank God for his power in my life, his renewing and his transformative power in my life that I get access to. Thank you, God, for your power. When I was a kid, I had uh, one of my best friend who lived across the street, Brian Fullerton. We used to dress up like Miami Vice. If you don't know what that is, go look it up. But as kids, we come out in our suits, dressed up as Miami Vice with the sleeves rolled up. Y'all know that look. And we'd go around the neighborhood on our bikes and acting like we were Miami Vice and solving crimes. We also, we played a lot together. So one day we were playing football together in the alley, we throwing the football back and forth and, as kids do. And the football ends up going over someone's yard, over their fence into their yard, where the person's whose yard it went into was the, one of the bullies of the neighborhood. And so I go to jump the fence so that I can get my ball. And the bully said, you better not jump this fence. And so he said some things that convinced me not to jump the fence. So I didn't jump the fence. So what I did is I went home and told my brothers. Yeah, I got people. <laughs> I went home and told my brothers and my big brother came back with me. He "Show me where it is and we go up the street and, and my brother is on one side of the fence while this other guy's on the other side of the fence and they had some verbal karate going on. And I can't tell you all that happened, but I'll tell you my brother won. And after they got through doing talking what they were going to talk, my brother said to me, go get your football. Very proudly, I jumped that fence and I grabbed my football with an attitude. I was excited. I was happy to get my football. And I didn't have any fear because I was operating under the power of someone above me. Yeah, I I didn't have anything to worry about from this bully because I was operating under somebody else's power. I had access to a power that was not my own, but it was somebody else. And and I knew my power was better than his power. Yeah, you can buck if you want to. I, I think it's amazing that God's power empowers us to live boldly. It empowers us to take risks for his kingdom and embrace opportunities that he places before us. The power that we have access to also has a ripple effect that extends beyond our own individual lives. It impacts those around us. See, as that kid, while I was operating in my brother's power, my friend Brian was able to witness that power and was ultimately impacted by the power that he saw. God's power in our own lives becomes a testimony to the watching world. God's power is a demonstration of his love and his grace and his transformative work. God's power in our lives is not just about our personal change. It's about us becoming agents of change in the lives of others. So we know that God is sovereign. God is eternal and God is all powerful. God is also all knowing. He's all knowing. The Latin word is omniscient. He knows it all. In Isaiah 46 and 10, he says, he declares the end from the beginning. Our God is not just knowledgeable. He's not just simply aware of all things. See, because he is the creator of all things, he's intimately knowledgeable of all things. So everything that was, everything that is, and everything that will be, he knows. He knows. In 1960, Sam Cook sang this song, he made this song popular. The song says, I don't know much about history. I don't know much about biology. I don't know much about the science book. I don't know much about the French I took, but I do know that I love you. And I know that if you love me too, what a wonderful world this would be. Well, God knows all that stuff. He knows the science, he knows the geography, he knows the French. He knows the trigonometry, the algebra, the thermodynamics. He knows the quantum theory. He knows that the atomic weight is the total weight of protons plus neutrons found in the nucleus. God knows all this and he knows you. He knows everything about you. In Psalm 139, one through four, the Psalmist writes this, he says, you have searched me and you've known me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up, you understand my thoughts from far away. You observe my travels and my rest. You are aware of all my ways. How many are my ways? All All my ways. Before a word is even on my tongue, you know all about it. He knows. He knows every thought, every concern, every hidden detail of our lives is laid before him. God fully knows and he fully knows you. And there is a comfort in being fully known. In a world where we often struggle to be fully known and to be fully understood, God sees beyond our external facade. He knows every part of us, not just the Instagram version of us, not just the curated version of us. He knows every chapter of our story. He knows the highs and the lows, the messy middles and the complicated and the beautiful you. He knows, not only does he know you, he knows what's best for you. He knows what's best for you. This is why he writes in Isaiah 55. He said, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. I don't think like you. I'm seeing life from a completely different perspective. I know there's some things that you can't understand, some things that you can't figure out how to commit to, but just follow my lead. Why? Because as far as the heavens are from the earth is as far my thoughts are from your thoughts and your ways. He says, I know you. I know you. Here's a question that many people have had. If God knows me and he knows all, does it negate my free will? Because he knows it all. The word you'll find in theology is predestination. You'll see it in the Bible, predestination, foreknew or foreknowledge. God knows all this stuff. If God knew, then how do I have free will? Well, let me just say it like this. This, Here's the simple answer. God knowing all doesn't negate your free will at all. God is the ultimate storyteller and he has a master plan. He knows the plot twist, he knows the characters, he knows the grand finale. Now here's where it gets interesting. God in his infinite wisdom allows us the freedom To choose how we live in the story which means our choices matter we become co-authors with God we become part of we, we contribute to the narrative of our lives so in other words it's like this you have free will but not free reign you have free will but not free reign. Well, what does that mean, Pastor It means you can do what you wanna do, how you wanna do it and when you wanna do it, but you can't breathe underwater. You have free will, but you're, you don't have free reign. You can do what you wanna do, how you wanna do, when you wanna do it, but you can't fly. I, I know it's somebody that I can fly. You can't fly. <laughs> he don't know me. I flew once. You didn't, you didn't fly. You were under a flying substance. (laughs) You thought you could fly, you can't fly. You have free will, but you don't have free reign. Your choices, and God has an ultimate plan. But your choices will not erase God's ultimate plan. God's ultimate plan is that we are redeemed. God's ultimate plan was that his son came and he died on the cross. God's ultimate plan was that he rise again, that he would cover us with his blood and that we have the opportunity to go to heaven with him. God's ultimate plan, but you get to choose if you wanna be a part of the plan. The choice is yours. Think of God's forward knowledge as him watching a game of football that he already knows the outcome of. Him knowing the outcome doesn't change the will of the players. They still get to choose what they're gonna do. They still get to run whatever plays they are gonna play. God, God only does, not only does he know what will, he also knows what could. Yeah, now we're getting into the metaverse. God knows every possibility that could have been possible to ever happen. He knows. He knows everything, that nothing escapes God's knowledge. I don't wanna spend too much time there, but if you wanna know more about that, there's an incredible book by a man named Norman Geisler called Chosen and Free. Read that. That will help you out a little bit more if you need to know it. So we know that God is sovereign, God is eternal, He's all-powerful, He's all-knowing, and God is all-present. The Latin word is omnipresent. God is all-present. Let this blow your mind for a moment. God's presence isn't limited by space or time. God is everywhere, simultaneously, everywhere. From the farthest galaxy to the smallest atom, God is fully present, fully engaged, and fully aware. And for the believer, while this might sound scary, for the believer, this is comforting because God's presence is a constant voice and a constant companion in our lives. I love Psalm 23. David writes this, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pasture. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. And then verse four says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. You're with me. God's presence and his omnipresence is not just around us when things are good. It's also with us even in the darkest days. Let me just finish the chapter. It says in verse 5, he says, you prepare a table for me in front of my enemy and you anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Which means his Omnipresence is not just comforting. It's a declaration of victory. At the table, we feast in the midst of opposition. That means that God is hooking you up while your haters are watching. Oh, no, God, I don't want you to. Some of y'all are, are, are going to be praying this year. God, I pray I don't have so many haters. Why all these people don't like me? God, I'm praying, God, open up the haters' eyes. Let them see it. Give them an extra dose of hater haterade while they watch you make me dinner and I sit down and eat. When it says that he makes a table for me in front of my enemies, it means I'm so not scared of you because of who I serve that I can eat in front of you with no fear that you can do anything to me. That's how powerful my God is. That's how awesome my God is. That's how present my God is. It means he's not a spectator just in the grand moments of my life. He is intimately involved in the smallest details, in the miracles and the mundane. God doesn't need an invitation into your situation. He just is waiting for us to acknowledge his presence. And because God is omnipresent, because he is everywhere at all times, that means his love is inescapable. There's no corner of the universe where God's love cannot reach. His omnipresence means that his love surrounds you, it envelops you, and it permeates every aspect of our existence. There's nowhere you can go where his love won't find you. Our God is sovereign, he's eternal, He's all-powerful, He's all-knowing, and He's all-present. And God is for you. He's for you. That's something to be excited about. God is for me? Yeah. God is so for you that He makes promises to you. He makes promises that He can only keep because He's sovereign, all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-present. In Romans 8 and 28, Paul writes, we know that all things work together for the good of them who love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. The called are the people. Any, all things work together who are the called. the called. The called are the people who have made a decision to align their lives and their will with him. Everything is gonna work together? Yes, everything. God is so much for us that he is guaranteeing that he can take all the events, all the situations, all the people, all the doctors, all the relationships, every prayer, every issue, every factor to whatever is difficult in your life, everything. He can create an outcome that brings about good. That's worth praising God for. It doesn't matter what it looks like. He can work it out for your good. And he could never stand behind that promise unless he knew everything, unless he had unimaginable power. You simply cannot work all things out for the good unless you are the sovereign king of the universe. Our God is a big God. He's a big God. Romans 8 and 31, it says, If God is for us, then who can be against us? If God is for us, what are you scared of? If God is for us, bring it on. If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, that means we cannot be defeated. If God is for us, nobody else even stands a chance. If God is for us, it means that no weapon formed against me will prosper. You can form it, but it won't prosper. Why? Because God is for me. And I don't take that lightly. Because God is for me, it changes everything that I do. You pray different because God is for you. You walk different because God is for you. You live different because God is for you. I don't just want to believe in God, I wanna believe God. What does this all matter for us? It means we serve a God whose bigness knows no bounds. Our God isn't just big, he's uncontainably vast. He's infinitely wise and he's purposefully creative. He is sovereign. And because he is our God, because he is sovereign, it means we walk in the confidence that transcends our circumstances. See, this year we're going to have the best year ever because we're giving this year to God. This year we're going to walk in the sovereignty and the bigness of God because our God is not just great, He's greater. Our God is not just great, He's greater. He's greater than every circumstance, every fear, every doubt, every anxiety, every enemy or opposition. He's greater than death, hell, and the grave. He's greater in power, love, character, and grace. Our God is greater. I love that we sang this song earlier. Our God is greater.
1: Our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other, our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God. What if
0: we sang it like we believed it? What if we didn't just sing the song but we lived the song? Because if I believe that God is who he says he is, I won't cry myself to sleep so much. If, if I believe that God is who he says is, I won't have so much anxiety. Why? I, I can't be anxious around a God who's full of peace. If I believe that he's the God of peace, then I give all my issues, my anxiety, all the things that I know I cannot control anyway, I give it to him. Which is why he says, cast it all on me. Why? Because I'm for you. I'm for you and, I'm the only one big enough to carry all your
1: stuff anyway. Our God is an awesome God, He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God, our God is an awesome God, He reigns from heaven above, with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. I gotta go. (laughs) And if our God is for us, Then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? We serve a
0: big God, big God, big God. I want a church that believes with me that our God is big, that our God is big. (laughs) Believe with me that our God is big. Believe with me that God can do more than just fill Raymond James Stadium with 40,000 people. Believe with me that in one day God could save 40,000 souls. Yeah stand with me stand up stand up, everybody stand up all campuses everybody on your feet on your feet we're gonna do this thing together yeah we're gonna do this thing together this year and every year I want you to put God in his rightful place in your life if you haven't made the decision to do so I would pray that you give God your life right now. Make that decision that you're going to give this year and every year to the Sovereign God. But can we do this as a church? Everybody that calls themselves a Grace Family Churchian, a Grace and night, whatever works. Can you say this with me? Say this year I'm walking into the best years of my life because this year I'm giving my life to God now we're gonna say it again and this time I want you to say it like you mean it I want you to say it like this is your declaration right now this is your mantra for the year say it with me this year I'm give I'm walking into the best years of my life because this year I'm giving my life to God
1: Do you believe?
0: Now listen, really quick, close your eyes, bow your heads. For anybody that has not made a decision to give your life to Christ, this is the best decision that you will ever make. And why not make it now, right here at the start of the year? Don't make a resolution, make a declaration this is how I'm living from now on. I just want you to slip your hand up and say, that's me. I'm, I'm giving my life to God. I'm, today is the day. Oh, I see those hands. On every campus, raise your hands. I can't see you, but God can. Raise your hand that this year, this is what I'm doing, and we're gonna pray this prayer together. all, all go ahead, put your hands down. We're gonna say this prayer together as a family. Say, today and every day, I acknowledge that you are sovereign eternal, powerful, all-knowing, all-present, and that you died and rose again for me. So today and every day, I'm walking into the best years of my life because today I'm giving my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, bless the Lord. Come on. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say we serve, and you say, a big guy. We serve. Mm. Come on, I need every campus. We're ebor, Temple Terrace, Get loud. South Tampa, Get loud. We serve. Maria. We serve.
1: Maria.
0: We serve. We serve. we serve. Now celebrate them in this place right now. Come on, bless the Lord. bless y'all. Thank you for listening to the Grace Family Church podcast. For more info, check out gfcflorida.com or connect with us by texting the word CONNECT to 81313. We look forward to meeting you at one of our locations soon.